Hello and welcome to this week's word of the day. I'm Laura and this week we're talking about cynicism. So, a wonderful morning to you today. Today it's a gray, white sky, blah type of day. Um, And today I wanted to look at Mark 9. Um, So, grab your cup of coffee. And, uh, yeah. Let's let's get started. So, good morning or evening or afternoon. Um, I hope you got your coffee with you. Uh, moment. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm really happy you're here. I'm really glad that you're here. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, share with you what I've been reading and thinking and praying about this week. So, um, today we're in Mark 9, and, uh, it's a really long, long, long chapter. Um, so I am going to start down, um, around verse 15. And, uh, so Jesus, just a little backup, uh, transfiguration just happened. Um, so Jesus went up on the hill, um, peered in his glory and, Um, a couple other Old Testament prophets showed up and the two disciples that were with him heard the voice of God and um, basically Jesus was like, don't worry about this till um, after I rise from the dead and so they kept it to themselves and then Mark records this later um, from interviews with them about about it and uh yeah it's a the transfiguration is like a massive topic (laughs) um and it's uh, it's something that i i would rather get into um at another time so um yeah uh this this week i i've been struggling a lot with um being cynical and uh, having cynicism and stuff like that so i've been reading a lot of verses about faith and trust and things like that and uh yeah so i i really would like to focus on the um the second half of this chapter but please you know if you are if you want to get into that now like go for it go for it so um anyway so i'm gonna start um when he comes down the mountain after being with these two disciples and the transfiguration happens so um verse 14 
When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit and has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. O oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has it has he been like this from childhood he answered it has often thrown him into a fire or water to kill him but if you can do anything take pity on us and help us if you can asked jesus everything is possible for him who believes immediately the boy's father exclaimed i do believe help me overcome my unbelief when Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus has gone, had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this can, kind can only come out by prayer. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be the first, he must be the last, and the servant of all. He took a little child and had him stand among them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. Teacher, said John, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop, because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. No one who does a miracle in my name can be in the next moment say anything bad about me, for whoever is not against us is for us. I tell you the truth, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. And if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around his neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed with two hands to go into hell where the fire goes out.
where fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye and have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where their worms does not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. So, um, traditionally in most Bibles, this passage is... Um, uh, split up into several chunks. Um, so again, I only read half of it. Uh, well, more than half, but it's the, a large, large half. So first I just want to go through and sort of break down my experience in how I've heard these passages preached in the past. So, um, so first off, um, on the subject of casting out demons and things like that. Um, I had a really awesome pastor explain to me once that, um, you know, the way in which the people in the Old Testament perceived health was in a spiritual, was through spiritual glasses. And, um, and that's something that we might, not in our modern day have you know we definitely look at medical problems through the eyes of science and medicine and things like that and um and that's good and that's um and that's healthy but um you know the bible is a spiritual script so it's got its goggles on to focus on the spiritual um, aspect of sickness and, um, and just to zoom in on that sort of perspective. You might have heard a little bit of this in the modern day when people talk about like energies and like tapping into your spirit and the flow of your spirit and the energy and things like that. So like it's the Old Testament is like take that and then like cut all medicine out and just zoom in on that and explain you know explain that so you in the new testament you have an, a lot of circumstances where like the disciples are like oh there's a blind person like who sinned and Jesus is like no no one sinned guys <laughs> so like it um it's it's good in a lot of ways and it's bad in a lot of ways and Jesus himself you can read a couple of the other verses when he sort of you know, kind of calls out that oversimplification of um, of medical problems in the disciples, and um, but in this case, he he's not doing that. He's he's focusing on this like spiritual aspect of sickness. You know, when he tells them um, that this kind only comes out with prayer. So, um, you know, that's just. <sighs> When we read these passages, we just kind of have to put on those sort of spiritual glasses and um, and just understand, like, they didn't have modern medicine, and so they just saw everything through these spiritual goggles. And, um, and that's hard, you know? Like, we would categorize just what this kid has as epilepsy, and, like, there are a lot of 
modern day treatments for um, epilepsy and and uh, a lot of research into it and and uh, and that's just like the eyes that we're used to using and so um, yeah so it's just like it's a little tough but like put off your like uh, modern day medicine glasses <laughs> and um, you know, and put on your old school um, spiritual glasses and sort of, you know, take a take a look at this through that. So, um, yeah, so during the time, no modern medicine, no treatments, you know, epilepsy, a death sentence. Um, as you as you hear this father talking about it, he would uh, when he says, um, uh, when, uh, how long, uh, when, uh, verse 18, whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mash, mouth. So, you know, d- clogging his air pipe, you know, suffocating him sometimes. And, uh, and in, um, and then his father goes on to say, yeah, sometimes he throws him in the fire and like sometimes he throws him in water to try to kill him. So this is like, this is like a really serious, um, he's just got really serious um, form of epilepsy. And, um, you know, again, no modern medicine. So you're, you know, these people in the Bible are going back to their basic understanding of sickness, which is sin. You know, they view sickness as if you did something wrong then it's going to um you know accumulate in this in this sickness that you're going to have blindness or um you know an evil spirit and things like that so um so yeah so coming into this is a little diff difficult um i realize so um but there's some underlying you know, things in it that, that just really spoke to me, Um, you know, and it's this, so I just like, if I was a parent in this situation, like, I would be doing everything to help my kid, like, I would probably be talking to spiritual leaders, I'd be talking to, like, other parents I'd be talking to I you know if 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 this was killing my kid I would probably talk to like the form of like medicine men or whatever you know like I would try so hard to um to save my kid from what was what was going on and to figure out what was going on so like you um you know and then to to hear about this Jesus character and then to be like, okay, maybe this guy, like he's at a next level and I just need to bring him to, you know, this guy and he'll, he'll heal him. And, uh, you know, and that's, um, and then, you know, you see that sort of desperation and it's, and, um, and Jesus sort of uses this opportunity to, um, to highlight the aspect of faith. You know, the disciples tried first to heal the boy and were unable to, um, and Jesus makes clear that it's because of their lack of faith. Oh, unbelieving generation. Um, so he's, he's 
really trying to make this the focus. Um, and he, he continues to emphasize it. Like, um, first he like asks, asks the father, like meeting him on a real level, like how long have you been dealing with this and, you know, how severe and, and things like that. And, and you can sort of, I just related to this because I just, his answer, but if you can do anything, like that just sounds like to me, someone who has just exhausted all options and nothing is working. And it's, you know, his, his son, his, his kid. And, and you just feel that like, he's just coming to the game with like, yeah, I mean, like, if you can do something, that'd be awesome. Like, um, he just sounds like exhausted and, and Jesus like calls him out on it right away. You know, he says, if you can, um, everything is possible for him who believes. And the guy just so beautifully is honest about it. And he says, um, I do believe help my unbelief. And I just, um, this was just such a wonderful verse to, um, to read, uh, this week for me, because, um, just in this like tough situation that's going on in the world, in my life, sometimes it just feels like you don't have any options. And, um, so hearing this, you know, this father be like, if you can, it just resonated with me because sometimes that comes out in my prayers. Like, Jesus, it would be super cool if you could do this. Like, like almost wishful, not, not as much prayer as like wishful thinking or like, like, oh man, if Jesus did this, it would be so cool. It's not like if he could just get rid of this, it's not a direct like conversation with God asking him to do anything about it. It's just sort of this wishful thinking and, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes for me, that has just been because of fear, um, fear and exhaustion. Most of the time, just this exhaustion, just like this father who's just nothing is working. And it just feels like, like frustration and hope, hopelessness, like God, you're not going to even do anything. Like I've been trying so much and nothing's working. And I've even been praying about this to you and nothing's happening. So like, you know, if you can do something, it would be nice. And, and you know, and Jesus is getting right to the point of that in this, in this man. And he, and just got right to the point of that with me of like, no, it's not you know, prayer and conversations with God is more than just wishful thinking. It's, it's, it's this direct aspect of, you know, praying and asking God. Um, and that, of course, doesn't guarantee a yes or a no, but it, you know, Jesus makes clear that a, an aspect of this asking has to be faith. Um, and I just, 
I just love this guy's answer. Like, Lord, help my unbelief. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a request to God. It's a recognition that he just <clears throat> doesn't have the faith in what he's asking, that all he can really say right now is can. And, um, and all he can really say is, you know, I believe, but I, I can't get past can. Um, so help, help me get past can. And I just, I just love that. And he doesn't stay silent and like not ask at all. He doesn't walk away from Jesus and be like, well, I don't have the faith. So see you, Jesus. I guess I'll go keep trying other ways. You know, he, he moves forward and he, he prays and he asks, even though all he has is the can. And it's just, um, and I just love that. I love that because it's so hard when things go wrong over and over and over again for me not to get cynical and say like, well, nothing, you know, that downward spiral of like, nothing's going to get better. It's always going to be like this. I'm always going to do this. I'm always going to do that. Um, you know, it's, I mean, you hear to never use always and never in arguments or discussions with your, um, with your significant other or your, your friends even. And yet so often I, I use it with myself and I use it with God. Like it's never going to get better. It's always going to be like this. I'm always going to face this. And, um, yeah, and and so, and it just is been steeping into my prayer life with, um, and just leaving me with this can attitude. So I just, I just loved the freedom that this sort of verse gave to like go to Jesus with my prayers and my requests and just say, all I got is the can, like. Fill me up with faith, Lord God. And I just, oh, I just love that aspect. So, yeah, so that's primarily what I wanted to share with you guys because I've been really praying and thinking about like, what is faith? How do you have faith? And um, this really stuck out with me. I know it's sort of buried in this, um, um, this tough issue on, um, on, uh, uh, the spiritual aspect of sickness and stuff like that. And so I just, I did want to touch on that a little bit. Um, there are different sects of Christianity that have different um, beliefs. You know, some sects um, really just say that like one of the spiritual gifts, uh, they say one of the spiritual gifts is healing. So some sects of Christianity say like, yeah, like if you put oil on someone's head and pray, like you can heal people. And you have, you know, many um, pastors uh, that are on TV that take money to heal people's cancer and stuff like that. So like um, there are, uh, there is abuse that happens in, in that, um, in that aspect. And it's, uh, you know, and often with that aspect, there is a, a throwing away of, of science and 
uh, modern medicine and things like that. And um, yeah, and it's, uh, and Jesus, you know, in this particular verse sheds light on the spiritual act, uh, the spiritual a- aspect of sickness where like, you know, sometimes sickness is like a challenge to your faith and, you know, and it takes prayer and, um, and, and that's, you know, an aspect of sickness that we don't think about as often, you know, sometimes we might think about just like what medicines to use, what over the counter things can help make us better. But like Jesus in this, um, in this passage is like very much like, you know, prayer is an aspect of this healing and it's, it's something that should not be ignored. Um, you know, and it's, uh, yeah. So again, it's, uh, it's a tough issue and, um, yeah, like, um, your convictions about that, you know, many people believe many things on this personally, of course, like I believe in the possibility of, um, spiritual healing, healing. And, um, you know, I think that there are some, some things and, uh, miracles and stuff that, that do happen, but, you know, um, God has, God has gifted us with, um, modern medicine, which is just so awesome and, you know, wipes, has wiped out so many diseases thus far. And, um, yeah. Um, so it's, it's a bit tough, uh, coming into these, to these verses. But anyways, if you wanted to dig more in, uh, to the opposite side of this, I would look at John 9, um, where he, he talks about, he talks against like the oversimplification or the over spiritualization of sickness. Um, so it's, you know, uh, something that you should definitely think out. Um, just a one verse from it, like Jesus saw a man who has been born uh, blind, or uh, Jesus saw a man who had been blind since birth his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was uh, born blind? Uh, neither this man nor his parents sinned. So uh, a good, again, John 9, a good one to, to look into. So yeah, it's, it's a tough, complicated question, um, but I just... Uh, for me, this really was a conviction more on my cynicism and just freedom to just be like, I don't have the faith right now. Um, and just to sort of own that and still fall at the feet of God and bringing your requests. And I just, uh, I just really, really loved that. And um, this passage continues a little bit with this theme of faith. You have... Um, you know, Jesus predicts his death, um, and then he, um, down in verse 35, uh, he goes on with, you know, if everyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. And I love this sort of 
theme of humility. You know, he first it goes from faith, um, this Jesus challenging this man's faith. Then you have prayer. Then you have, you know, the son of man being humbled and killed. And then you have, um, and this theme of like, the dis- even through the whole passage, even during the transfiguration, like the disciples were afraid. Verse 32, the disciples were afraid. Like you you have this continual theme of like, the, dis- the disciples are scared and Jesus is talking about faith he's talking about prayer he's talking about um humility you know there were um in verse 34 um 33 and 34 and it's just this sort of continual theme of you know these important factors um that are going on and uh and then he goes on to talk about um, welcoming the, uh, the weak and welcoming um, and people who perform things in their name but are not with us. And I just, I love that as well because things are so polarized right now, you know, even in Christianity, like you don't believe in spirituality spiritual healings like you're not with us you're over there um or you believe in that and i don't so you're over there and i'm over here and so jesus also speaks to this polarization in in uh in this chapter um where he says uh verse 39 do not stop him jesus said no one who does a miracle in my name can in, can in the next moment say anything bad about me for whoever is not against us is for us i tell you the truth anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to christ will certainly not lose his re- reward so you know this aspect of um, polarization he also talks about in this verse and uh, yeah, so this, again, this verse has a lot of meaty chunks and um, and is usually separated in most Bibles. But yeah, I just wanted to encourage you today that if you have fear, if you have doubt, um, if you have worry and concern, this passage is... A, I hope it can be a great comfort to you. And I just, I hope that this this week you, you know, you chomp on it. It's, uh, it's really meaty and you just, uh, you know, really investigate more of it. So, and I just, I just hope that this can be an encouragement for you uh, in this time when it's just, it's just hard. It's hard not to be cynical. It's hard to um, to think that things are going to get better, and uh, and I just want to encourage you with this first that that's okay if that's where you are. Bring your cans to God, and um, you know, and just He is the author and perfecter of our faith so we can come with an imperfect can and he can just fill the glass the rest of the way up um 
So I just, I just hope that you are encouraged and lifted up by this Thank you again for, for joining me here today. I know it was a little bit longer, a little bit more of a rant today, but I just am so happy that you were here and I just am praying that God bless you this week and, uh, and meet you where you are. See you next week. Thank you.